Albert Einstein has a great quote that if you uh, judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its life of failure. And I think the same thing is absolutely true with horses. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. weather is here and the holidays are upon us. Get your favorite equestrian a Redding Goat jumpsuit and save $40 by going to reddinggoatequestrian.com and enter MLE40 at checkout. As usual, we love to thank our number one numero uno sponsor. Mean and Tail. Mean and Tail. You've heard all types of our um, products that we brought up. Well, there's so many products. We're still introducing new products. So, Today, we're introducing the Mineral Lice, Karen. Why don't you tell us about the Mane and Tail Mineral Lice product? Sure. It is a pain fighter that delivers performance in one word, relief. It's cool, fast, temporary relief of minor aches and pains. Reduces muscle and joint pain associated with arthritis, injuries, sprains, strains, and bruises. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. Relieves minor soreness and stiffness from exercises. Easy to use. It's water-based and can be used as a cool down body wash or brace. You know, they say, even you and me can use this. And I, I probably could bathe in it because I'm <laughs> I'm aching all over Karen. Let me tell you what, I need this. So this is wonderful. And it's made in the US of A, Karen. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. So get out there, get the mineral lace. Again, Main and Tail wants to let everyone know that if for some reason this is a chronic problem and it's continuing and it's not getting better, make sure your veterinarian's involved. This isn't, uh, you know, the cure-all for everything. Mm-hmm. We don't want anyone to just neglect the problem because they think the mineral lace is going to take care of it also. Um, but thank you so much, Main and Tail. Thank you for the mineral lace product. It's fantastic. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. And Karen, we're adding a little new segment to the show. Yeah. We're trying to recognize every week a new charitable organization in the equestrian space. So this week we have our very first charitable organization, and it's called Helping Hands Rescue and Equine Therapy Incorporated. So they have a two-fold program, Karen. It's ran by Rose Sullivan, who's a, a huge eventing supporter, and she takes in rescued animals, horses, goats, bunnies, birds, and then she puts them to work in the therapy space, Karen. So who, what type of people do they help with the therapy? So they help military and VA families by addressing PTSD, trauma, depression, suicide, and post-deployment issues. They also help foster care kids addressing youth issues, physical and sexual abuse, bullying, and attachment boundary issues. And then they also help residential treatment groups addressing addiction, Reintegration into Sober Living and Recovery, AA, NA, OA, and Al Anon. Amazing, Karen. Yeah, very so amazing. It's a twofold organization. They're mm-hmm. taking animals in as rescues and retirees, and then they're still giving them this job where they can go and then they, they still have act, uh, interaction with people. Mm-hmm. And then, so the people, they're helping the people, the people are helping them. It's lovely, Karen. Yes, it is. So if anyone wants to go ahead and check them out, it's helpinghandshorse.org. If you want to go, check them out. They're in Oregon, Karen. Yes. You can make a donation. You can go. You can learn more. Maybe if you're in the area, you might want to, uh, you might need these type of services. So right. or check them out. Look into volunteering time. Look into volunteering time. They have many, many volunteers. So great organization. Thank you so much. Check them out. At helpinghandshorse.org. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And Karen, very exciting guests we have tonight on the major league event podcast yes super excited so we have uh not only an inventor but a show jumper a course designer a horse trainer does does it it all all. sales so welcome to the show john michael durr welcome hey guys thanks for having me man this is very exciting we have uh you do so much this is really cool for us to be able to kind of really get into a bunch of different things and aspects of what you do but uh we always like to uh we always like to ask where you're at, where, where as you're talking to us, since we're by phone, and where are where are you right now? I I am as many people who spend time in Ocala will know. I'm in the public's parking lot because my <laughs> farm in Ocala does not have 
internet or phone yet. That's happening on Saturday. Very much looking forward to it. But yeah, we're 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 really lucky. We have a new farm in Ocala, but it's um, one of those Ocala farms where if I you know turn my head the wrong way, we could lose each other. So I'm I'm hanging out in the public's parking lot. Oh, wow. So if a cop. If a cop knocks on the window, we may have to take a pause. That, we should be okay. Uh, a oh, very that's so funny. A very swanky Publix parking yes, lot, right? Yes. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me and the retirees. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is so funny. So funny. Hey, so do you prefer to be like John Michael, or how, how? We've never met before, so I want to make sure I'm calling you by the correct. Oh. That- Everybody calls me JM, but uh, I, I'll respond to just about anything. But yeah, J, JM is the preferred preferred method. You say John, I'll start looking around for my dad or John Williams, the TD. So. JM, it is. I, JM. Love, I love a good initial person. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Love, I love JM. <laughs> I'm usually the one doing that to people. And they're like, who, who, why are you coming by my initials? <laughs> I'm kind of weird like that. So JM it is. That's easy for me. Yep. I love it. I love it. Uh, so JM, uh, one thing we love to do is we love to go back and hear your origin story. So can you take us back and tell us how you actually got your start in riding and then into eventing and show jumping? Well, I, I was born a very young child. No. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I, I come from the typical non-horsey parents and my mom who was amazing we lost her to breast cancer a few years ago but she was just amazing did all the research and found a program called oakridge stables in california a guy by the name of eve savignon which a million of us have come up through but he had a pony school and basically when she went and talked to all these different riding schools you know it was you know, we're going to teach your kid to ride one day and then you're going to milk a cow one day on some of them and then all this other stuff. And then she went to Oak Ridge and they had a pamphlet that basically said, here's how we're going to take your kid from their first up-down lesson to the Junior Olympics. And that was Oak Ridge's true special sauce. I mean, Frankie Terriot grew up in that program. I've known Frankie since I was four. Um, Josh Barnacle, there's a million names. I'll forget a million. I'm sure I'm going to get chastised as soon as this comes out already for forgetting people that grew up in that program. But I mean, we literally all grew up as a herd learning how to post and we all went to Young Riders together. Like it was just this amazing program. And, you know, like Frankie went into the athletic side of things. I'm obviously a professional rider. Heather Bailey, who was married to John Strasberger, she went up in that program and she was in equine journalism really heavily. You know, everybody went sort of their own path through that program. But what Eve taught us to do, and I can never credit him enough for this, is Eve taught us to love the sport of eventing and love our horses. He ran a horse show there for some summers. I used to spend my summers painting all the cross-country jumps, which is probably how I got my flair for cross-country design. Um, But everybody who came up to that program loves and is passionate about eventing. And Eve deserves so so much credit him and his wife then christine just taught us to love eventing and everything about it and i'll never forget it we had barn meetings every december where they talk about eventing as a team sport and i will always be part of team oakridge no matter how many teams i'm on from here going forward and from then like team oakridge is is my roots that's that's my founding story i love absolutely everything about my upbringing there and i couldn't be more grateful for that so that is awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you can hear it in your voice how much you love it there. Yeah, that's that's cool, Karen. Yeah. I'm the type of guy who I have a I I I respect that a lot. I, I think that that's a really cool thing that you know, that you have your roots and you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I moved on and I moved away or whatever, but to always remember where you came from, I think is is very so, important. So so funny story about that. So when I met my wife, she was riding for somebody who was a great owner of mine and unfortunately she wanted to keep her horses on the west coast when we moved which is totally understandable ruth fly but my wife grew up riding for her and she was riding for her and ruth and kimmy then were riding with eve who i grew up with so when it came time for kimmy and i to get married we ended up having our wedding at his farm with him doing the ceremony wow. so like I, I mean it is it is as entrenched in who we are as people as as anything and i just you know i none of us are anything without the people who give give us roots and the people who give us wings. And I was lucky enough to have one, one man give me both. And I, I owe Eve a whole lot of credit. Wow. Oh, that's that awesome. awesome. I love that, Karen. 
Yeah, great. We can story. end the interview right here. I know. I mean, come Done. on, get on a high <laughs> <laughs> uh. So hey, so after so so we we continued on. You mentioned so you you were loving the eventing. Could you tell us about how as you as you kind of got older and how you got into doing this professionally and and all that stuff? Yeah. And, oh you know, yeah. So, the show jumping. So, sorry. And, you know, so, yeah. So I was I I I'm I'm really just the product of a bunch of opportunities that I got from people who shouldn't have given them to me. So I was a working student for Dana and Pew for three years. Um, I, I was not good at school. Like I'll, I, I tell this story very openly. I was horribly dyslexic, had a, a bunch of developmental optometry problems. Like I, you look up not good at school in the dictionary and there's my picture. <laughs> um, so my, my parents were thankfully evolved enough, I guess, for lack of a better term to say, all right, here's this independent study program. You go do that. And my mom used to always say, and it's, it's a really important thing. She goes, you know, if this was 200 years ago, you'd be an apprentice in the stable already. So why am I going to hold you back? And she let me go be a working student from 16 to 18. And I was with Dana Lynn Pugh for those three years, went to Young Riders a couple of times, and she gave me just huge opportunities. And then while I was there, um, I was still having to go home for the independent study high school every two weeks and right up where I'm from in Santa Rosa, California, the North, North Bay up there is also a huge, hugely popular, um, dressage judge by the name of Lilo four. She's a five-star judge. She's again, she's, I, I hold her in as high esteem as, as I do Eve. Like she, she did so much for me, which I'll get to in a minute. Cause I can't tell a story in order, but anyway, <laughs> um, so Dana used to say to me, well, if you're going up there, go have dressage lessons with Lilo because she knew Lilo from when she was in the South Bay before she went to the North Bay. And I'm like, who's Lilo, right? L- literally, this lady, five-star dressage judge, epic, epic, epic dressage trainer is right down the road from me, and I have no idea who she even is. That's how <laughs> ignorant we were because we were just so eventing focused. So when it came time for me to leave Dana's and go to the real world, you know, I'd been a working student for three years. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was quitting riding professionally and going home to be, uh, to go to the fire Academy. Right. I was done. So, but I was going to keep my one horse and just ride and Lilo graciously agreed to let me board there. And, um, after two lessons, she looks at me and goes, you know, sweetie, she calls everybody sweetie. Great. German, German, old German lady. She goes, I need a brave, stupid young man that I could ultimately teach to ride. Well, and you're going to be my guy. Okay. So what that ended up meaning is I got the, the most incredible opportunity and gifts. Like people would pay millions of dollars for what I got to do. I got to start her last two horses out of her breeding program over the winter with a lesson every day on how to literally take this horse from the long lines to being a riding horse. And that was, that's the foundation of everything I do today, that there is nothing I couldn't, I could never pay the amount of money that that's worth. And Lilo then took me there. I spent, ended up spending seven years at her farm. She, I never worked for her, but she fostered me in starting my own business out of her farm, which is an even more incredible opportunity than working for somebody. Um, she taught me about business. She taught me about horsemanship. She taught me about respect. She pushed me to become a licensed official. She pushed me to become an ICP certified trainer because she founded the USDS certification program. So she, when USDA came out with theirs, she kicked me swiftly in the rear to get involved with that, which I, I love that program. And I, again, my, like I said, between Eve getting behind me and believing in me, Dana getting behind me and believing in me and Lilo getting behind me and believing in me. Um, my entire career is a, a product of opportunities that I never should have gotten, but I'm so grateful that I did. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, my goodness. That's really, really That's probably cool. why I can't win the lottery, because I already have it. <laughs> <But>. Right? <laughs> that is so oh, funny. Wow. That is great. So, did you ever, so while, while you were, you know, learning all this about training a dressage horse, did you, were you going on and competing as a, as a dress like straight dressage, or, or how, did you just always know you were going to kind of... 
Well, okay. define def, define competing. I mean, I showed up at a few horse shows, but I was the eventer at the dressage show. Let's be serious. Gotcha. No, I mean, I, I yeah, I, in that time I showed up through pre St. George, but I was not uh, wow. hitting home runs like they'd say. I, I dealt with some problem horses that you know dressage people w- would prefer to have the eventer boy on and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of a lot of education that did translate to a lot of good results, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Gotcha. And then the show jumping side. So we mentioned that you're 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 oh, a yeah. show so, jumper as well. So yeah, so I did that with Lilo for seven years, and I got pretty all right at the dressage. I've always, from Eve's upbringing and just natural, naturally having more cojones than brains, I've always been all right <laughs> at the cross country thing. But my show jumping was absolutely terrible. Just, I mean, I was setting records and not in a good way. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm 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 famous in California for. Um, the announcer out there being able to announce that I achieved the hat trick that I finally knocked down all the poles of the triple. And on a different occasion, I knocked down so many rails that only one was left standing. And he asked if I'd like to come back in and try it again. <laughs> I love Malcolm hooked to death and we'd laugh about it till we're blue in the face to this day. But you know, it, I, I needed to do something. So I was lucky enough, a guy by the name of David Murdoch, um, through a client, I was giving clinics down in the South Bay and through one of the moms down there, I met, I met him and he had a really successful jumping program and needed a rider and he wanted to start an eventing lesson program down in the South Bay. So, um, I've always, I've always said, you know, if, if you need to, if you need something, if you want to do something different, you just need an opportunity. And I sort of looked at that as an opportunity, um, there was nothing wrong at Lilo's, but, you know, being in the North Bay, I was three hours further away from all the horse shows and that sort of thing. And look, I needed help show jumping. I mean, it was bad. Like, it was <laughs> bad. So, you know, I, I just thought I was going to go start an eventing program for the guy. And, um, you know, he was going to give me some lessons on my eventers and hopefully I'd get a little better. And, you know, one, one, one thing led to another. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm jumping Saturday night Grand Prix, (laughs) Um, you know? So, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that. It's not, it's not nearly as easy as it looks. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he, again, he gave me the opportunity to ride some of his horses and jump some really damn big sticks. And that was again, another opportunity that, he didn't need to give the random eventing guy, but he did, and I was I was lucky enough lucky enough that that happened to me. Wow. So. What what uh, so being that you have this this show jumping background, what's um, what, what what would you say is like the biggest difference for you? I mean, is it just basically the height, or I mean, I understand like with eventing the horses, you know, by 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 the show jumping day of a three day, they're you know they're probably a little bit worn down a little bit, but uh. I don't know. What would be your, I don't know. Does that make sense when I'm asking Karen? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally different challenges, right? Like, so you're going to jump a Saturday night Grand Prix that's worth 50 grand, hundred grand, whatever. Right. You have seven days since the last Saturday night Grand Prix to prepare for that. Right. You don't have to try to make your horse go sideways in the meantime and go for 11 minutes of cross country prior. Right. Like, it's its own challenge. The jumps are bigger. The level of accuracy is hugely more, but it's a hundred percent preparation in the lead up. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. eventing it's with the triathlon effect, right? Like look, dressage is hugely important for your ability to show jump clean, but some of those movements actually take away your ability to show jump clean, right? Like if the reaction to your leg, your horse has to be educated enough that when you put your leg on, it knows whether it's supposed to, sit more, go sideways more, go forward more, whatever. Right. So it's all, it's all communication, right? Riding is a hundred percent communication. And when you're getting a jumper ready for Saturday night, there's nothing distracting from the communication. Um, in that week, you don't have to work on your dressage communication, your cross country communication, and then exhaust the poor animal and hope to jump it clean. They're both really gosh darn hard, but they're really different but they're exactly the same. Gotcha. If that makes any yeah, sense. Oh yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and definitely. how about the speed of it all? Is, is it hard to kind of reset your brain, you know, between like going uh, the, the, the show jumper speed versus the eventing speed? You know, I, I, 
it's funny you mentioned that. So at Virginia, I'll, I'll admit it, I'm man enough. I chocolate chip, like I needed some milk to go with my chocolate chip cookie, man. <laughs> and the three-star long and the show jumping, I, I annihilated one. And I don't do that very often, so I'm going to be bitter about it for about another six to eight months. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, oh, man, I mean, you know, I came out of the ring and my wife looks at me and goes, yeah, it's nice to see you do it sometimes too, which I do it more than anybody because I'm doing different sports. I just usually do it on cross country where I'm doing it at speed. So it doesn't look as obvious and I don't level the fence behind me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my problem there is I tried to slow it down and be really careful and clear and yada, 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 whereas normally I show jump with my foot on the pedal all the time. And it's funny you bring that up. I think that's a lesson I, I learned just a couple of weeks ago of, this is how I show jump. I show jump going forward. I'm always quick, even in first rounds of the jumpers. That's just my style. Why the heck would I change it just because I'm eventing? You know, so I, that, that's a lesson I learned just two weeks ago of, you know, yeah, okay, you're not going to slice it and leave every step out you can. But if you're a forward rider, you ride forward. If you're a slow rider, you ride slow. You've got you to gotta be playing the consistency and playing to your strengths. And I tried to change it and be all accurate and stuff. And then I just ended up leveling a, leveling a fence behind me. <laughs> so, you know, but, but that's, I mean, that's the other big thing too, right? Like I, you know, I play in a lot of different sports and because of that, I get to make a lot more mistakes than most people. And you have to laugh about it, learn, learn from it and move on. You know, I, I, I it's not unusual for, for my wife and I to have hunters and jumpers, Monday through Friday, and then go to the event Saturday and Sunday. And if there's a dressage show, hey, we'll try to ride that too. Why not? Hmm. Uh, you know, but because of that, you are constantly changing. And sometimes you are playing catch up. Sometimes you're ahead of the game because you're more comfortable jumping more sticks by the time you're doing it in the event. But if you forget that this is a sport and you forget that your customers are here to recreate and you forget that you're here to have a good time, it gets to be really tedious really fast, right? Like we all just have to enjoy this journey and, you know, like find what horses like to do, find what people like to do, find people who like what that horse likes to do and how they like to do it, make good matches and have a good time. I know that sounds a little bohemian, but you know, at the end of, at the, at the end of the day, this is sport. It's supposed to be fun. I mean, yes, there's the, the top group. Hopefully one day I'll get to be a part of it. That's trying to just go to te make teams and win medals. And that's really important. And that, that 1% needs a little bit of focus, but the other 99%, you know, these horses just want to have a good time. These people just want to have a good time. We got to just be happy and enjoy the process. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a long day. To not have a good time at it. Oh, yeah. You know? I Absolutely. Mean, and with all the work that everyone's putting in, you better have a little bit of fun or else it's just going to eat you up. Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, yeah. So, so you're, you're on the West Coast. Now, um, when did you make the, are you on the East Coast permanently now or are you just, gonna, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. tell me about so, that. How um, did that happen? So, in 2015, um, I was lucky enough to have a horse go to Kentucky. And we had a great owner, my wife and I, and she, the owner and my wife after Kentucky flew to try on to look at a property for that owner. And, um, that horse ended up tying up and needing some time after Kentucky, whatever. And we had a bunch of investments together. So she bought the owner, bought that property in try on and sent me out with a group of the hunters and jumpers that we had for sale. And so I went out there, um, got to sell my, uh, the first hunter I ever sold was the Liza boys who ride, rides Brunello and 100 derby, derby finals three times. So that was all part of that same trip. And that was, that was awesome and really cool. This is a side note. But, um, <laughs> so while, while I was out in try on and Kimmy came to visit me a couple of times, we sort of fell in love with the area. And then being from the, from the Bay area, we sort of did, did a little math of what the next three to five years of our life were going to look like. And, you know, homeowner home ownership we were talking about not even farm ownership and then you know we got on those their interwebs and started looking around at what that same money could buy in the try on area and went holy cow this is a no-brainer yeah. so that's how we ended up moving moving out out to try on and then um yeah we ended up starting to go down to ocala in the winter just because we stayed our first winter that we were east and look the weather and try on you can still ride like it's fine but 
I'll tell you what, all the business just hibernates, right? All the yeah. people buying horses go to Florida and Aiken, and all the people riding horses either go to Florida and Aiken or hibernate for three to five months. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a little bit of a hard lesson learned. Um, but, yeah, so for us with doing the show jumping as well, Ocala definitely makes the most sense for us. So is Ocala a full-time uh, year-round operation now? No, no, no. Try, try out in Ocala. Oh, try out in Ocala. Okay, so it's try out. Yeah. Okay, so just you're, yeah. you're doing Ocala try, just for the winter. Try, so, yeah, yeah. We come down. We just got in this week, and then we'll be here. I think this year we're going to leave right after Red Hills and head back up to the Tryon area and okay. do that. But it's, it's always a little fluid. Gotcha. So. That sounds really smart, though, for some because I mean, you're still doing a lot of show jumping as well as the. Uh, and our, you mentioned the hunters now. You guys are doing the hunters, jumpers, and eventing. Is that you're doing all that? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And your wife so, is your wife is Kimmy, right? Yep my wife my wife's Kimmy. She's um, my far far better half. Um, <laughs> she she keeps the wheels on the bus. She's a eventing dressage judge and um, an upper level rider. She's ridden through advance. Um, she has her own little string going. She she wouldn't play in the show jumping as much her cross disciplines tend to be more towards dressage. Um, she, she cross trains with, with her, with her horses, but she doesn't, doesn't necessarily love the show jumping as much. So it's a little, a little tougher to get her to go participate in that sport, but she does some, but she, she does a lot of dressage as well. And I, exceedingly good at it, which is annoying, but you know, <laughs> I get to work. I, I get to work hard. So that's cool. Uh, uh, that's funny. So, I yeah, think, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, I think it sounds smart though. I mean, cause, because you are doing you know, the, the straight show jumping, you have to be in places like Tryon and Ocala, you know, those type of places work good for, especially for, for you and the type of business uh, you're running. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunately for the amazing people who work for me, it is not uncommon for us to show jump Tuesday through Friday and do the hunters those days. And then, take four or five to the event for Saturday or Sunday, depending on the one day or two day, whatever, like wow. we, yeah, the, 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 and you know, we're happy to show in anything and try on like the joke around try on is if there's a horse show, we'll show up to ride in it. Like they have like showcases for trainers and the Molly Oakman, the lady who runs try on loves to make fun of me. Cause the first winter I was there, I was like, Hey, I hear there's a $5,000 Derby class tonight. Uh, can I ride in it? And they're like, well, do you have a trichaner? I'm like, well, no, but I want to ride. <laughs> Somebody fetch me a trichaner. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, so, you know, I mean, we, 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 we really, we really, if it has fur and four legs, we'll, we'll make it perform. That's, that's sort of our stick. And you know, our, we do, a, our business is probably 60 to 80% sales. And, you know, I like to say what paid for my farm is the moving horses between disciplines, right? Like that one I sold to Liza Boyd as a hunter, like it was an eventer four weeks before that, right? Like um, Albert Einstein has a great quote that if you uh, judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its life of failure. And I think the same thing is absolutely true with horses. I mean, I, I move horses between sports all the time. And when they get comfortable and click and it's their game, it's easy. They start to train themselves and enjoy the process. Whereas you get one that's not playing the right game for them. And I mean, it's pushing boulders up a hill fast. Right. So, but that's kind of nice that you have that you're, you're giving your horses the opportunity to, you know, that, that, that square peg in the round hole. You're absolutely. You'll just, yeah. You'll just move that square peg to the square, you know, to, to where it fits. And that's right. Really cool. And you do a lot with dressage still too. You, you were saying early before the interview. Yeah, yeah. Mo mo most I turf most of that to the wife because she's better at it and enjoys it more than I do. But um, yeah, no. I mean, we, we again, it's 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 how can a horse be successful? How can we make this horse performance best? And how can we make this horse love the process? Right? If we can make the horse love the process, then it's then it's an easy process, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I I think a little bit of that stems from like I talked about earlier, you know, my struggles with school, right? Like that was not my process. That's not what fit me. And I look at, I, I look at horses and I see them in the same position and I go, well, why would I do that to them? It didn't work for me. Yeah. So I find the right process for the horses to succeed, be it a different sport, be it a different training style, be it a different method, whatever. 
and I really let them be individuals, and I get a huge amount of success from that. That's awesome. Jan's my new favorite inventor <laughs> slash show jumper slash dressage horse trainer yeah. seller. Of course, of course. Like, like, like I like to say, yeah, because that, that same week where I say I'm, you know, show jumping Tuesday through Friday and then eventing on the weekend, I probably was in Kansas course designing on Monday before that. Oh, my goodness. So. You know, I don't think I don't think he, when he talked about his learned disabilities, he, he, he did not include ADD, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was probably on there. But I I had a hippie. I I had a hippie mom, so we weren't allowed to have that diagnosis. (laughs) So funny. Well, hey, so so tell us uh, about this business of yours and, and everything that you do. So you're you're uh, obviously all the the you know the competing, and then you do the sales. Could you? And then you're also um, an FEI level two cross country. Is it cross country course designer or is that? Sh- yeah, cross. Cross cross country, yeah. Okay. No, um, there are people who are really good at designing show jumping. Chris Barnard and Mark Donovan are amazing men. I don't know how they do it. Um, it's designing show jumping is really hard. Um, designing cross country is easy because the ground just does it for you. But no, I mean, I got into that a few years ago. A good buddy of mine by the name of James Atkinson um, was having a seminar at his place, and I was riding in the event. But I only had one horse, and he called me and he goes, "Hey, I need to fill this seminar." And I'm like, okay, what's it going to cost me? And he's like, whatever, don't worry about that. Just come, come to the seminar. And then I, I, I sort of, again, another opportunity that I shouldn't have had, I wasn't looking for, but came together. I absolutely love course designing. I mean, it is, it's, I call it using the other side of my brain. Like I never sleep as well as when I spend a day course designing because I'm just mentally exhausted, but it's, I like to say, you know, I designed at the Virginia Horse Trials a fair bit. And on some of those weekends, you know, 400 horses will jump my tracks. Why would I take, you know, I, some weekends I take four horses around to educate. And then some week, some weekends I get the privilege and the res- huge responsibility of educating 400 horses around my tracks. So it's, it's just, it's such an honor to get to put the jumps out there and watch people make a good job with them or get something slightly wrong and, you know, hate yourself while 300 horses jump it. But, you know, it's all, it's all just, just education. And, you know, it's, it's such an important part of our sport. I'm really privileged, privileged to be involved with it. And if I had to tell people one line to to remember about your cross country course designer is no jump went out there by accident, but we're not perfect. Every jump was placed to our best of our ability, but we can always make mistakes. So, Yeah. yeah. Now and so, did you just the the Virginia Horse Trials that just passed? Were you a designer on that course? Nope, I got to ride. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was super because nationally we can ride and design, but SEI we can't ride and design. So um, I had a group of horses that I thought would benefit from their education by going there, and I said, "Hey, I've done it for four years. I'm going to take the fall off." And Andy Bowles is amazing, and he's like. Yeah, no problem. I'll I'll handle it this time, but don't think you're getting out of it in the spring. So. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. That is really really cool. Yeah. So so you're the course designer, and then you uh, you're also an ICP uh, certified instructor. You you had mentioned earlier. So yeah yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a level four. Um, you know it's it's one of those things, right? Like not 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 to make this podcast take a downer turn, right? But um, you know, the, the, the sport's dangerous. The sport has risks. Um, and the only thing that can fix that is education and accountability. And that's something the ICP program has done a great job of instilling, right? Like there are standards now to how, how we instruct our students. There's, there's, they've allowed a, they've allowed a process where you can objectively look at your barn and say, all right, if I'm going to let Sally Joe, move up to intermediate Sally Joe needs to have X, Y, and Z level of education. And that didn't exist before. And that's such a privilege to be a part of and get their education and take their tests and make sure that I'm able to provide a minimum level education to each student that I'm going to send out to meet a challenge. Um, it's, it's hugely, hugely important to me that, you know, the students have the tools to answer the question because I mean, what a, what a responsibility, right? Like 
I have to educate Sally Joe and then I have to send Sally, Sally Joe out there and ask her to execute under pressure at speed. That's how good her education has to be before I send her out there. And the ICP really gave me a lot of good tools to track how I do that. How about that? Hmm. I like that, that you look at it as your responsibility. You're sending your student well, out and this is the yeah, check. I mean, I, I, I sort of feel like the more people take responsibility for it, the better. I mean, you know, when I'm the course designer, it's my responsibility. When I'm the coach, it's my responsibility. When I'm the horse owner, it's my responsibility. When I'm the rider, it's my responsibility. I feel like in, in any community activity, if everybody's taking responsibility, nothing will slip through the cracks. And I really hope that's how people view our sport because we can't, our sport can't afford for things to be slipping through the cracks. Every part is everybody's responsibility. Gotcha. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a very good way to approach it. And I think it just kind of, I think most people take responsibility. There is a, a group of people oh, out there that they don't take responsibility for, for what they're doing. They always, there's, there's just in nature. There's, there's always those people that want to point the finger instead of looking in the mirror. So I think that it's great that you. Oh, ab- that. absolutely. I mean, you, you get wackadoodles in no matter what you're doing, but my, my hope is, if the ninety percent can carry that ten percent, our sport will survive. Yeah. And right. but that ninety percent then has to be working that much harder. Right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then the sales side. So now tell us about like your, your sales business, your young horse business. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, so um, you know, a, a lot of what I do, like I said before, is is the changing disciplines, that sort of thing. Um, then there's also two, you know, again, poor Sally Joe. She's been my example in a lot of things. One day I'm going to have a student named Sally Joe and I'm not going to know what to do. Um, but you know, or Sally Joe's off to college and the horse needs to get sold. So we'll, we'll bring it in and sell it for him. Maybe Sally Joe and Fluffy didn't have a good last year. So we have to fix the record before it gets sold or whatever. Or maybe Fluffy wants to be a hunter. Maybe Fluffy wants to be a jumper. Um, you know, or I've had plenty of hunters and jumpers that wanted to become inventors, you know, whatever we do. We do some, um, imports from Europe. I work with a group called, uh, global event horses. Um, they call themselves event horses, even though we brought over show jumpers and hunters as well. Um, they're great partners of mine. My buddy, Brian Morrison's their rider. He just did his first nation's cup team for team Ireland at Buffalo there. Um, he's a good, good friend of mine. Chris Hunt is his partner. So yeah, no, I mean, um, again, sort of, sort of like the responsibility thing. I view business the same way. If you have enough lines in the water, eventually one bite. I have a small trucking company. I do a guy by the name of David Taylor drives for me and, uh, I sort of oversee the organization of it and that sort of thing. My, I'm partners with the guy who gave me the David Murdoch, the guy who gave me the chance for, um, riding Grand Prix horses, actually his truck that we're partnered with running up and down the road. So, um, we continue to work together and he sends me sales horses. So, you know, again, it's, it's trying to always find the balance between how many lines can you have in the water without being spread too thin. Um, and I just, I have to credit my wife. She's the one who keeps all these stupid things I do going. Um, <laughs> she, she, she makes sure, she makes sure the horses get fed and the bills get paid as I'm running a hundred miles an hour and that I actually get paid for what I do and, and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, she's, she, she's the special sauce of my business. You know, I can't, I can't thank her enough. And I mean, she's, she's as much the face of the business as I am, but I, I, I end up traveling more and she ends up staying, staying at home and actually educating our students and developing the sales horses and that sort of thing. While I'm, you know, embracing my ADD and going a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> now, that's wonderful. I think it's yeah. great that you're recognizing her and obviously, you know, I have a, we, you have a great wife. I got a great wife and I know what it feels like to say I couldn't do it without her. So I know. Exactly uh, where ab- from. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, you know, and David Taylor was on the show, I think right when he was getting ready to start, you know, taking the truck, I think he had just gotten back from like a California to the East coast. Yeah. Truck. Yeah. When he went out to, when he went out to pick up the truck. Yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. it's, it's called Isola. Is that correct? Yeah, and the the funny story behind that name. So Isola is David's old farm. He's from New Zealand, and Isola was the first the Isola Horse Show. It was the first nationally televised. David ran it down in New Zealand. It was the first nationally televised Grand Prix in Australia and New Zealand. So that's 
I see, I sold a Grand Prix. It was the first nationally televised Grand Prix down there. So, and he ended up relocating that barn up to Woodside, California, which is where I rode for him, but he kept the name. So, and then the name stayed with the truck. (laughs) And that is a beautiful rig. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's functional. I mean, you know, I I can drive it in a straight line, but David Taylor does amazing things with it <laughs> that I I couldn't even dream of. So you know, I just I just keep coming up with ideas, and that that rig's super cool, right? Like, you know, it, it, what makes it different than a normal horse rig is the whole back door is a ramp. So like, you know, people coming down to Florida for the winter, you could put a small tractor in it, six horses, enough hay for the winter, everything. You know, it's 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 really a special truck and, and, and a, a special opportunity for us to develop that business of taking people's whole operation North and South for them. I love it. That is awesome. I think it's fantastic. Now we always talk about like the working students and things like that. Are, do you take in working students and do you take in just regular students? I guess obviously I take do, in I, students if you got I, your- I do. Yeah. No, I have a whole, I mean, I have, regular students that run the gamut from, you know, the adult amateurs who happen to be my vet, um, you know, working on getting back up the levels, doing novice training to autumn slice is a student of mine. And she had, you know, she has her one or two advanced horses. Uh, Maddie, Maddie McElduff's another awesome student of mine. She just got the spring easy horse from Caroline Martin, did her first intermediate in Virginia. Huge shout out to her for that. Nice. Um, and then I take working students right now. I have a great young lady from California named Amelia, who's just totally killing it and working herself to the bone for me. And I can't, can't thank her enough. Um, I use professional grooms as well. Currently looking for one shameless plug. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I believe in giving working students the opportunity because that that's what gave me the opportunity. But I try whenever I can to have my business run from paid staff. Again, hiring, shameless plug, <laughs> have my business completely run from paid staff and then the working students get to be extra. Um, so, you know, so they really get to capitalize on that opportunity. Look, it's not always the case, right? Like, um, I think staffing in the horse industry is our next big crisis. And um, I haven't figured out how to help solve the problem yet. But if I do, I, I will be a part of that. But instead, I'm just going to whine about it because I don't have a good solution. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's our next big crisis. And I hope, I hope we get to the right side of it. You know, I think you're the first person on the podcast that ever mentioned that. And I, and I agree, I'm with you. You see people looking, you know, every day there's a new working student position, groom position that's posted on social media, right? Karen? Oh yeah. Oh, it's just about every day. It's it's nuts. And Sam Burton, um, I can't remember the dang initials of the thing. She has a great groom school going. But you can't find anybody to even feed the school. You know, it's 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 tough. It's 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 tough. I don't I don't know the right answer. Um, I hope somebody smarter and you know more focused on that side of things can can figure it out for me. Look, I'm Brayden Maine. Um, you know, I would not be the right person to bring on the grooms of America. Um, but you know, it's it's something that that definitely has to be worried about and definitely has to be addressed. I, th- I think I think yeah. so. I, that's interesting that you that you brought that up, and you seem like you're a problem solver. So I, I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh, I, I create plenty of problems too. Don't worry. <laughs> <It's a balance. laughs> that's so funny. And when you get in, like students, do you ever like uh, like is it hunters jumper? I mean, I guess whoever wants to come in and learn from you, they uh, hunter rider, jumper rider, dressage rider. You I, 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 absolutely. I mean, we're we're unfortunately the type of program that we have our system we have our calendar we have how we do things and look it's a wild ride and everybody's invited on the ride but the ride isn't for everybody so you know the people who it works for like we we i'm i'm really really lucky really blessed like we have great success we have a great we have a great strike rate if they make it past the first three months um you know beyond beyond that like and it's no hard feelings ever right Mm -hmm. like you know um all right, hold on. I have to edit this. Like I always say about horses and riders and people, you know, there's, there's a seat for every booty and a booty for every seat, right? Like if we work for you, great. If not, we'll help you find the program that will work for you. Cause again, this is supposed to be fun, productive and forward thinking. And, and for the whole sport, the whole industry, right. Eventing, show jumping, dressage, whatever our, our horse sport, horse industry has to be fun, has to be working. So how do we make it work the best for everybody? And, 
if we're the answer, great. If, you know, Billy Bob down the street is the answer, great. We're going to help you find the right thing for you. I love it. I love mm, it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree 100%. And again, it kind of goes back with the horses and the f- making the right fit. You know, same with working students. Oh, absolutely. And you got to find a program that fits for you. Yep. Somebody who likes something, a little something different every day or throughout the day, this program would be absolutely like the dream job. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, can I ask you yeah. another question? So, so yeah, yeah. J, JM. So you're you're even doing hunters and on top of the jumpers and the dressage and yep, and, yep. and the eventing, the uh, way different, like way different type of show. But then, uh, like the whole system is different. How do you how do you uh, like when you do the hunters? Isn't that a lot of it is about who you're training with and who you're coming in with? Like how do you compete you're, in that? Like how, you know, I've 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 always heard that. And again, I'm only four years into the hunter game and I have yet to experience that. Gotcha. Um, I think, I think it's a stigma that I'm look, I'm sure it happened, but I think one thing that horse sports across the board in this country have gotten really good at is the level playing field. I've never felt like either riding myself or sending a kid down the ring or whatever, that that judge wasn't looking anything at anything more than that horse and that performance ever. And, and I short show a lot and I've never ever felt that way. And I think that's a huge credit to the evolution of our country and where we're at across the board. And I think that's the only way that it's going to survive. And I think we're there. And I think as a sport horse sport as a whole, we should be really proud of that. Well, that's refreshing. Yeah, that is nice to hear. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. I was really hoping he was going to trash the hunters. Camera, but <laughs> oh, stop no, it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no on, on, honestly, I'll be straight. I'll be completely straight with you guys. The hunters is the hardest thing I do. Really? It's, Explain that. In order, whether it's at the two-foot hunters or the four-foot international derbies, to have to walk in the ring and present a mirror image step by step by step the whole way around and over fences, it's hard. I mean... It's cross. I always find cross country to be not easiest is not the right word, but in cross country you can because you're starting with such speed, you can make an you can make several adjustments. Show jumping you can make less adjustments. In the huntering you can make almost no adjustments, and if you do make them, they have to be invisible. And to me, it's it's easy to adjust to make something work. It's hard to get it right the first time, and that's where the hunters become the most challenging. And cross country actually has the largest margin for error over the distance. Yeah, okay, those jumps get really big, really square, really skinny, really fast. But if you've planned your adjustments, it's not a problem. Whereas in the hunters, you have to plan so there isn't an adjustment. Mm-hmm. There's no chocolate chip cookie in it. Can no, you can't. No. Yeah, no, no, no. I save that for eventing show jumping. <laughs> yeah. So then you were saying, like, when you ride show jumping, you ride forward. So then you really have to kind of think a little bit backwards compared to your normal show jumper mentality when you go in there, don't you? Yeah. It's it's all about rhythm, right? Like, and it's something I say a lot when I teach too, it's just all about the song you have playing in your head, right? Like when you go into the hunters, you better be listening to a slow jam and the jumpers, you know, a good classic, classic rock, positive stepping around. Right. (laughs) And cross country and cross country, you know, you, you better have something, you know, with a long wrist to keep traveling, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all, it's all just about, and I'm actually not a musical guy, but I mean, I like music, but I, I, I couldn't play, I couldn't play an instrument to save my life. I think I played the recorder in second grade. And that was a disaster. <laughs> um, you know, so like, but again, it's just all sort of setting, setting that rhythm, that internal tempo and that, you know, where, where can you be? Right. So, even if my tempo slow, I'm positive about a slow tempo. Does that make sense? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's complicated, yeah, yeah. but yeah. No, that makes perfect Absolutely. sense. Man, I love it. Well, you know what? That is very refreshing to hear, Karen. Yeah. And I love to get you know your your perspective on it because we I don't think we've never had anyone who did any upper level hunter type of stuff like no, big time hunters. So. On. so this is great, and I'm and, I, and it's ref- it's nice to know that your experience is positive in the hunters. So. Sounds like we're losing, well, and, and, we're losing and, 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 and across the board. I mean, I've heard the same thing about dressage, and it's never happened to me at a dressage show either. So, you know, horse sports is fair. Cool. 
I love it. That's awesome. We're not going to lose you to yeah. the hunters, are we? Oh no, 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 no danger of that. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right, so JM, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Uh, it's brought to you by Equiprism. Christmas is coming, so hurry and order a custom penny for your favorite eventer in their cross country colors. Love it. All right, so it's going to be five questions, just random. Oh boy. Random silly questions. Uh, get answer them as slow or fast as you want, but we do grade you at the end. Strict. All right. Criteria. Strict. <laughs> so we're taking you back to school now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you do both. So do you prefer cross country or show jumping? All depends on what I'm sitting on. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, that is good answer. Thoughtful yeah. answer. Yeah. He could have pandered. Yeah. He could have pandered, but he did not give no. the honest answer. I love it. Uh, yeah. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before a competition? Um, only for cross country. It's not really for good, good luck. It's more, more for safety. I always have to have a quick, quick, I love you with my wife before I go cross country, even if it's novice or whatever, just, you know, I, I spend enough time with the design side on the safety aspect of things that I, I got to just sort of be at peace with that. And it wouldn't be a good luck thing, but it's i I'm not ready till that's been done. That's a very good, answer. very, very good one. Yeah. Scoring points with Karen yes. right there. Yes. On that. No, I'm just well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so traveling all over on your long road trips, what's on your radio? Uh, a lot of book on tapes, a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, and then just you know, I, I listen to all all kinds of music, but usually I try to get through a cup, couple books on tape first. Um, either uh, a lot a lot of murder mysteries, and then a lot of I listen to a lot of sports psychology books to try to help help teaching my students. You know, like Ali Rasmussen's book and that sort of thing. It just per- perspective on teaching I find really interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Love, what's the name of that now? Who who is that again? Could you say that again for anyone? The, who the, the, no, because I can't pronounce it. Uh, the gymnast. <laughs> Ali Ramos or whatever, um, the little short one. Um, she she talked a lot about sports psychology in her book. It was it was quite a good read. I, I really highly recommend it. Awesome. I love audio. Maybe books too. Maybe, maybe somebody can look it up and put it to the, put it to the link yeah. on this, in the bio on this podcast yeah, or something because sure. I can't pronounce her last name. I love all that. But no, I, I, I especially for writers, um, it's a little bit not to sound sexist here because the whole book is not about not being sexist, but it's a lot on the the coaching from the female slant and with, you know, 90% of my students being teenage females, it was really helpful for me to, to get into the mindset. And I actually made a lot of changing on a lot of changes on my field of day, field of play day of coaching after listening to that book. And I really can't recommend it enough. Oh, that's, that is awesome. Yeah, that We're going to look great. that up. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, we'll look here. it up. All right. Yeah. Your favorite cocktail when relaxing. Oh, that'd be Maker's Mark. Anything with the brown liquor. Hello. Yeah. There you go. Hey, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, all right, last one. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Uh, the show jumper Milton, uh, the big, the big, the big white jumper that looked like he was just floating on a cloud. I'd love to ride that one. Very cool. Yeah. Good answer. Oh yeah. A plus plus. A plus yep, plus. Pass. Well done. <laughs> well done. If you want, we'll send you a plaque so you can hang it on the wall. Because <laughs> it sounds like there wasn't too many A plus pluses. Well, we, we haven't gotten into my construction skills, but it probably just fall down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's designing the courses, not building the right, jumps. Right, yeah. Hey, I, 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 I work with some of the best builders in the world, and thank goodness, because I, like I always like to say, you know, my jumps would be deformable, but only once. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fun. Hey, question about the, about the jumping, and uh, you know, we we always like to you know t- touch on that when we do get a course designer on. So uh, the the safety stuff that's going on. Do you guys have like a, are all the course designers on like a regular like conference call about safety and thing, or or how, how what's going on between safety and do you guys communicate amongst each other about you know how the direction of course building and course design. I mean, look, every, everybody's in touch, right? For me as a, as a more junior course designer, you know, we all have our mentors. Um, Captain Mark Phillips is 
again, another guy who's given me a bunch of opportunities he shouldn't have, but he does. And, you know, um, I'm in touch with him a lot and he'll, he'll sort of be telling me, Hey, we need to go this direction to go that direction. Um, I, I, in, in my lack of spare time, I'm also a firm believer in giving back. So I sit on a couple of national committees and one of the committees I just started sitting on is the safety committee. And I would say there's, don't hold my feet to the fire. There's either three or four of us course designers on that committee. Um, so it's something we're constantly talking about. It's something we're constantly like, Hey, I did this and Sally Joe pile drove didn't work. You guys may not want to try that. Oh, you tried that already 20 years ago. Thanks for sharing. You know, no, um, but it's, it's a constant communication. It's not, it's not as formalized sort of as you described. Um, and that's more, more in the sense of none, no two of us design the same either, which is what makes it freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, what, what makes being a course designer awesome is there's no, I'm not pulling out a set of, I have to have this here. I have to ha- find a place for this and I have to find a place for that. It's all about what I feels right and what the ground feels right. And yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anybody left in course designing who would be foolish enough to say that they don't, like slash believe in frangible technology it works it's proven um i'd say the big debate right now is in use of ground lines how much how little how often um i'm gonna just leave that right there that that's a debate i'm not gonna publicly say where i fall on the thing yeah because otherwise i'm just gonna go stick my finger in a meat grinder just for fun yeah. um but you know that i'd say that that's our next topic of debate you know I'll share a little bit that, you know, there's a thought that if you pull the ground line out too far, it gets the horses jumping too flat. Whereas obviously not enough of a ground line makes it too upright. And that's when they hang a leg, like, and, and the answer is somewhere in the middle. And, you know, how do you, how, how do you mandate art? You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting topic that's, that's in the safety circles right now, but there's always stuff going on. There's, we're always looking for ways to get, Sally and Fluffy home as safe as we possibly can. And there's a very open dialogue on that. It's just not real formal. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I appreciate you bringing up that this is, that this is something. Cause you know, that there's people that are listening right now and they're, they're probably saying, yeah, what about that? You know, and it's good to know that these topics are, they are brought up and they are talked about and they are discussed. And, and uh, I think that's important to communicate that, Hey, you know, I think that the perception a lot of times is that, you know, the governing bodies are kind of like on their high horse and they don't want to be wrong. So they don't want to change a rule or address an accident or something. But the truth is you guys are really taking it serious and you are analyzing what's going on. So I think that's great to communicate and for people to hear that right now. So I appreciate you expressing that. And, you know, and I respect the fact that you, you would keep your side of the debate separate because it, 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 it's, uh, I get it. The debate is still ongoing. It's kind of what's what's happening. So yeah, and 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 look, I mean, you know, again, of course, he's he's my mentor and my idol. So of course, I'll defer to him. But you know, I I, I like to say Mark Phillips will forget more about designing a cross country course than I'll ever learn. He's been through five iterations of the sport as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, he's he's made every mistake I can dream of making. And for me as a young course designer, it's all about not being too proud to call one of my several mentors and say, Hey, I'm setting this up and I got a funny feeling. Where am I wrong? Let me send you pictures. I'll walk it on video, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's, you know, there's, there's, I'm, I'm there for the horses and the riders putting together a track that will test them to make sure they've done their homework, not see who can survive. And I think, as long as you do that and keep your keep your ego in check with it, you'll always come out with a good product. And I will hopefully always be able to do that. Look, I'm going to get it wrong. I've gotten it wrong. I'm going to continue to get it wrong. But it's not it's not because I'm trying to see who can live or, or die. It's because I really thought some other factor would play in more than it did. Um, and that's that's what we're constantly out there doing as designers is trying to come up with a fair test that will separate out the people who didn't do their homework safely, but will make the people who did do their homework look like they're out for a Sunday canner. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, Very that, thoughtful answer. Yes, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate you sharing that mm-hmm. with us and taking the time to express that so eloquently. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. So as we wind things down, do you have any advice for the rider that's looking to advance in the sport of eventing or even show jumping? For for me, it's, 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 it's just all about opportunity, right? Like there are opportunities everywhere. Um, you know, I, I, I got opportunities because I said yes to things that I had no idea how to do. And then I figured out how to do them. Um, you know, it's, it's being very open and honest and say like, Hey, I have no idea how to do this, but you need this person and I want to be in this space and I'm willing to work hard and you will find there are people everywhere who will take your hard work and turn it into opportunity. And I, I hope people keep doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Great advice. That's fantastic advice. I love it. Absolutely. Man. JN, this is fantastic. I'm so excited <laughs> that we finally got to, to meet and, and, and talk and, and, uh, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't tell you this before, but, you know, we have multiple people have, have, have kind of told us through messages or, uh, you know, David Taylor when he was on. Multiple people have been like, John Michael Durr is the greatest guy. You have to get him on. And I'm just so glad. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, true. Actually, it is true. Yeah. Say, you got to get him on. He's fantastic. So, uh, he lived up to the hype. Kid. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> oh, thank you. This thank was you. great. Thank you. Well, I get, I get to be thoughtful about things because I'm always driving somewhere. So <laughs> you get to think a lot. Stuck in your own head a little. Uh, I hate when yeah, I get right? stuck there. <laughs> in my yeah, it's a scary place. <laughs> but hey, all of the, everybody's nice up there. All three personalities. They get along great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, hey, as we wind things down, we always like to ask about any sponsors or supporters that you'd like to, to highlight. Uh, I've got I've got a great group of owners. I'm not going to try to mention them all because I'll forget somebody and then pay dearly. But no, I mean I've got you know I work clo- really closely with Game Ready, Uvex, Bimita, Orange Slow Feeders, Coat Defense, Equarest, Temporary Hit Air. You know that safety stuff. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. we're big into that. And then White Horse Couture, which does awesome brow bands. Equal wipes, which are the coolest thing. They're like basically baby wipes for horses and they like make them shine right before you go in the hunter ring. I, I really actually strongly recommend checking those out. Shires, they're horse boots. They protect everything. And then I'm actually in a really cool opportunity now. I'm helping uh, Pessoa transition into uh, cross-country saddles. So I'm switching to working with them for saddles and we're, we're developing saddles specifically specifically for the the three-day eventer and um, i'm really excited to get to get to be on the development side of that um just because you know i i I always believe there's a better mousetrap and i i I think they're on the right track to find it so watch that space something cool is going to happen there when when, do do you have any idea like when or do they have a target for when they would like to start releasing these type of things or um i think sort of springish next year um depends on how many times they're they're being made in argentina and depends on how many times the back and forth has to happen right but i can i can tell you i've been riding in their prototypes since um the four star in montana and i i've I've been pretty happy i mean i've got i got plenty of nitpicking to do but overall um it's pretty cool pretty darn cool spring of 2020 we yep. should, we should yep. say, wow, that's awesome. That's exciting. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Or breaking so. news. That's why you listen to the end of the show. You cannot yes. miss a minute Mm-mm. of the show. Kate. Nope. Big yeah, news. I mean, there's there, there's no running uh, running on the beach romantic embrace at the end of this one, but we got a new battle <laughs> coming, so that's cool. <laughs> that's really, really cool. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Man, that's so exciting. Yeah, it is. That's really exciting. Awesome. Well, hey, and how do people uh, contact you? How do people get a hold of uh jm durr um generally through my wife no um i've got a website <laughs> uh dur- um it has links to all my social medias it's all just some some version of my name i always joke and say with a name last name like durr you don't need a business card so <laughs> if you start looking up that and horses you'll come across me somehow oh that's fantastic and we gotta thank frankie terry at stutes yes for and yeah for she setting did help us up. hook this up athletics yeah. in the house oh jesus and- She's amazing. Athletics take care of everything. I've been, I've been with athletics since the, the very early days, and I've known Frankie since I was four and used to get bucked off her pony at Eve. <laughs> and uh, fun fact: the after party to Kimmy and my wedding was at Frankie's house. So, wow. yeah, we go, we go, we go way back. Oh, she's that's... she's been just an amazing, amazing friend to me in ev- every aspect of everything. So I can't thank her enough. Awesome. 
Yeah. Also, we, we have to be able to all to her for introducing us. Yes, yes, we do. I feel absolutely. Like yeah. Now I'm on. Now I'm on a first name, first initial basis with. There you go. <laughs> J.M. Durr. Right, right. I and like it. it. So we're I definitely like going to catch up. We'll catch up. We got. We have this kind of thing where when we when we get to see people we interview, we we grab them for a selfie picture. And yeah. So we got to find you now. We got to find you and. Awesome. <laughs> and if there's a Sally Joe out there, Sally Joe, if you're they need to call you. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's yeah. the well. Mark, Mark Self always says Sally Clip Clop, and I've just turned it into Sally Joe. So <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh man, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Hey, thank you so much. This was really, really awesome. Very thoughtful stuff, and you brought a lot of kind of different stuff that that we normally don't mm-hmm. get on this show. Yeah, that no, we care. not at all. No, this oh, is thank great. you. I hope I hope it wasn't too deep and technical and safety oriented and stuff but no i (laughs) horse sports are my life i i I love it i always say you know if i wanted to make a killing i'd be sitting in san francisco selling advertising but this this is what i'm passionate about and i like to be a part of it from every aspect and i'm really lucky to get to be so this is awesome well thank you so much for being our guest we sure do appreciate this very much all right thank you guys thanks for listening We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at MajorLeakEventing.com. Cheers.